Amen. As I good boy, welcome on us online. Good morning. For everyone who is here online, follow from our side. Boy, boy, welcome. Kerk family, can I pray with you? Clap. Come on, sir. Welcome back. Let us online. Good morning. And with that being said, I'm going to ask Pastor Craig Johnson to join me on stage. So this morning, it is my great privilege to introduce you to Pastor Craig Johnson, who is an inspiration to me. Um, but there's so much to say. But he's an associate pastor at Lakewood Church. And this morning, we were talking in the car. And uh, he was telling me about someone who asked him if he's okay with ministering at smaller churches. Now, if you are an associate pastor at Lakewood Church, everyone is a smaller church. I mean, there isn't a bigger church facility that I know of, definitely not in the United States. So he's an associate pastor at uh, Lakewood Church, but he's also the founder and director of Champions Club, which is our special needs ministry, of which this church is one location. And um, so I'm going to ask you in a moment to welcome him also just with an applause. But, Pastor Craig, I want to use this opportunity just to uh, extend our thanks. And I'm speaking on behalf of Leonard Midrand, but I'm also speaking on behalf of our church community, all my church leader friends, uh, many of those that you met during the course of the week. Um, a thank you to Pastor Joel and Victoria Osteen that avails your time to the larger church. And thank you for your heart and ministry um, for the church at large, but especially for what you're doing for special needs families. We so appreciate it, and we are inspired by your life and your ministry. Can I ask, with a hand of applause, we just welcome Pastor Craig. I'm going to pray in a moment, and then I'm going to hand over to Pastor Craig. Um, but there are three of his books available at the info counter after the service. The one that I've actually read um, is Lead Vertically. I can strongly recommend this book. The other, two's, uh, the other two I must admit I haven't read yet. Um, the first one is Champion. Um, there's only a couple of copies of, the, of that one left. And then this one, for which I have no excuse not to have read so far because it's really animated and easy read. Um, <laughs> you Are Extraordinary is a children's book. And I'll let Pastor Craig just uh, explain some of that in a moment. But can I ask, where you are, that we just extend our hands to Pastor Craig. We, let's bless him and pray for him. With that, I'm going to give over to him. Pastor Craig. Thank okay. you so much, my okay. friend. Thank you. Okay, let's pray together. All That's right. okay. Father, <clears throat> thank you for Pastor Craig. Thank you for his life and ministry. Father, this morning we receive him. And we open our hearts to receive through him the word that you have for us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. All right, there we go. <laughs> oh, come on, give Pastor Werner a big hand. Come on. Man, I appreciate your friendship and your heart for people. And uh, it's such a privilege to be here today with you and, and just be a part of uh, this amazing church and what God's doing here. And I got to go by your property. You guys are getting ready to build. or Well, it's, it's happening right now. And uh, I, I just believe your best days are in front of you. And we're so excited. But wow, what a privilege for, it is for me to be here today. And uh, I'm proud of all of you. You got up early this morning. Eight o'clock, man, you came to church. How many knows that, that when you make that extra effort, God's going to bless your week, amen? And he's going to bless your week for you taking time out to put him first place in your life. The Bible says in Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all those things will be added unto him and unto them. And so I really believe that God's going to bless you, and it's such a privilege for me to be back in South Africa. Uh, I love South Africa, I'm going to tell you. Uh, and, and it's a great country just with the things it offers, but what makes South Africa great is its people. And 
you know, I've always felt loved. I've always felt welcomed. Um, and uh, it's just such an honor to be here. And I, I got to tell you, I mean, this band, come on, give, up, give it up for this worship team. I mean, they were outstanding. That drummer, I mean, I wish I had his hair. Uh, that would be cool. I mean, just his passion. I thought, he looks like the drummer from the Foo Fighters, you know, and just, just amazing. And, and, and the whole team, wow, how blessed you are. And then uh, your pastor, he's actually been to Lakewood, and I was able to take him for a tour. And then I, uh, I, I blessed him, right, with some good Texas barbecue, some good brisket and ribs. And then yesterday, Pastor Bernard, who, who's, who's a friend of mine here, he blessed me with a good bry. Yeah, come on. Who, Texas barbecue or bry? I don't know. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty close. But uh, we're so glad to be here. I've got to tell you something that's kind of cool. Uh, you know, when you started, the, the only Dutch word, I mean, I know Danke, you know, I know how to say thank you, but uh, my, my assistant, my executive assistant is actually from the Netherlands, and, and so she, uh, one of our worship leaders went to the Netherlands, and he uh, met her, and uh, she, uh, her, name, his, her name's Sarah, and they got married and came to America, so, so what's funny is I bet she would understand a lot of the language here today. But I wish I understood what that video was saying. It just looked funny, right? You know, grabbing his cheeks, slapping him there at the end. Uh, that looked really great. But well, I'm so excited to be here today with you all. And this is my last, uh, my last church that I'll be at. I'm heading home tonight. And uh, uh, man, ha we need to end it well at the best church, right? Amen? And uh, do it right here. So, so I'm so glad, glad to be with you all. So, so one of the things that, that I'm so excited about is I really believe God's moving in South Africa. And yesterday, just, just to tell you something exciting, you know, we, we, we launch uh, special needs ministries all over the world uh, through Champions Clubs. You're going to hear a little bit more about that. But we did one, uh, a workshop yesterday with the government of South Africa and shared about Champions Clubs and reaching, helping special needs families. And... Uh, 250,000 watched online. Just unbelievable, um, you know, that, that God's going to open up doors there. And I just want to thank you, Pastor. I want to thank you as a church for your heart for special needs families. And it just means the world to me. And that just shows me your heart. Because I'll tell you what, when you begin to chase after the poor and, and the forgotten and the broken and the hurting, that's who God chases after. And you chase after them, God will chase after you. Amen? And that's what his word says. So uh, such an honor to be here. Hey, I want you to turn your Bibles with me, if you will, uh, to 1 uh, Samuel chapter 30, verse 6. And uh, I met some young ladies this morning. They said they liked my accent. I didn't know I had one, but uh, of course I must. And they, they were waiting for my twang, you know, from, from Texas. I'm actually from California, but I've been at Lakewood for 20 years, so I call myself a Cala-Texan, right? It's like half and half, but I don't have the twang yet. But uh, I can't say y'all. Yeah, y'all I can say, but uh, I don't have it down yet. But I wonder today if somewhere down the road in your life, 
if you were ever spoken over, maybe it was a family member, maybe it was a friend, or maybe it wasn't a friend, <laughs> maybe it was a coach or something like that, and where you were supposed to be encouraged, but instead they spoke a negative word over your life. They spoke something that maybe hurt you at some time. And I come across all over the world, I, I travel about 120,000 miles a year, uh, all over the world speaking, and, and I come across many people that have been affected by things that have been spoken over them. Maybe you had something spoken over you in this past week, maybe at your work, maybe by somebody else. And, and I really believe this, the, the enemy loves to use words, doesn't he? And he loves to use things. It's not so, so much that the people are bad, it's just sometimes what comes out of our mouths. <laughs> Instead of building us up, it can many times tear us down. And I want to speak to you today on the message, who told you that? Who told you that? And I love what 1 Samuel 36 said. It said, David was now in great danger because of his men were, they're very bitter about losing their sons and daughters. And they began to talk of stoning him. But David did something very interesting right there. It says, but David found strength in the Lord, his God. As a matter of fact, what he did when he couldn't get encouragement from anybody else, he began to encourage himself. How many knows we've got to encourage ourselves every once in a while, right? Because we're not going to hear it from the world many times. Social media, it can be great at times. It, it, it can get messages out and connect us with people, but it can also be very negative. It can be, be uh, really try to compare you to other people, which can be very tough on self-image, for, especially for young adults and young people. It can really affect you. But I love the fact that David encouraged himself when he was getting no encouragement around him. You know, we're all going to be told different things in our life, but I want to talk about today in the Garden of Eden. If you go back, Adam and Eve, they were living confident and secure with God. They knew they had his blessing and favor. But one day the enemy deceived them into eating the forbidden fruit, and immediately it says they were afraid. They ran and literally hid. And when God called out to Adam, he said, where are you? And Adam said, we're hiding because we're naked. Now get this. The Bible says Adam and Eve knew no shame until they were deceived by the serpent. Some of us are living with shame that God never put on us. And then God asked, who told you that you were naked? God was saying, I didn't put this shame on you. Who told you that? And God knew it was the deceiver. He knew who it was. You see, the enemy loves to whip out who told you lies, doesn't he? Something that's spoken over you that somebody said and they didn't think about what they said. Sometimes they did think about what they said. You know, like things like you'll never be good enough. Nobody wants you. You'll, you'll never do anything with your life. Even something so strong, and I've heard people say 
that they've been told this, I wish you were never born. Many of us have heard this one, I wish you were more like your brother or sister, <laughs> right? Or you're not smart enough, or you're not talented enough, or you come from the wrong family, you, 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 will, you never do anything right. Or how about this, somebody might have insinuated you will never accomplish that dream. And the lies many times go on and on. Now, I've watched many people, they've been affected by this. Some people, they've taken it in and, and it stopped them from, from moving towards their dream or moving towards something that God had a plan for them to do. Maybe many of them had this expectation that they were going to accomplish these things and they never reached that because maybe they were affected by what somebody said or somebody that was close to them, a coach or something like that, and, and it really affected them. But I love what 1 John 4, 4 says. It says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Amen? If you've ever been to a circus performance or watched one on television, you'd be familiar with the act involving a lion and its trainer. But have you ever wondered why, besides holding a whip and maybe the trainer arming himself with a stool, that the, the, he'll take the stool and he'll aim it at the lion like this. And what he's trying to do, the lion is usually sitting on a stool, and he takes the stool and he aims it at the lion trying to distract him. And as long as he can keep the lion distracted... He knows the lion will do what he wants or he will stay where he is at. And you know, if this man here is not distracted from time to time, he just might decide what he's capable of, right? And mull the trainer to death. And it always amazed me how they can keep that lion right there on that stool. Well, in life, the devil is like the trainer. He knows that you have God's power in you, inside of you, because the line of Judah is in you. And he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So what the devil tries to do is he tries to take your power and immobilize you with who told you lies. The problem with some people, whether it's in the church or outside of the church, is they've chosen to listen to the wrong voice so long that they don't know who they really are. They're insecure. And there's many people like this. I, I've been insecure at times in my life. And like the lion, they don't know what they're capable of. And they've let the enemy train their mind. They've let people label them. They've uh, tell them what they're not instead of what they can do. They tell them what they can't do. They've allowed circumstances to define them. Maybe it's mistakes, things from the past, and they never feel worthy enough because they always are looking back at mistakes or disappointments. And, and what it does sometimes, it takes your passion away. If you let these other voices play, it will keep you from your destiny. And you have to stay away many, many times from negative people because they have a problem for every solution, don't they? <laughs> See, the only one that knows you really is your creator. 
And he calls you a masterpiece. He says that you've been fearfully and wonderfully made. See, I'll never forget when the enemy tried to come in. And in my life, I've experienced people telling me who told you lies. Tell me what my son or I or even my family could or couldn't do. When uh, I've been in the ministry probably for about 32 years now. And uh, we had a 12-year-old and a 10-year-old, a boy and a girl. And Pastor Warren, we thought we were done having children. And so I got that, as a male, I got that operation, you know, to be done having children, right? And Corey and Courtney, I just want to introduce my family to you. Uh, this is Corey right here. And Corey was my first boy, and he's 32 years old. And he's a children's pastor in Oklahoma, and we're taking applications. He's single, and he needs a good South African woman. So anybody want to help me after service? Uh, my son hates when I do that anyway. That's my daughter, Courtney. And Courtney is 29 years old, and she's a producer and director. And she's got a new movie coming out. I'm going to brag on my daughter, if that's okay, uh, called Ordinary Angels with Hilary Swank. And it comes out in a couple months. So if you get a chance to see that, please do. But she, she uh, lives in Los Angeles. And then that's my son, Connor. You're going to hear a little bit more about him. And he's 20 years old. And that's my beautiful wife, Samantha. And we've been married 33 years. Yes, amen. And that's by far the longest I've ever went out with a girl. So it's a big deal, right? We, we had Corey and Courtney and 12 years old and 10 years old. And we thought we were done having kids. So, of course... You know, I, I, I got that operation on Thursday to be done. And then on the following Saturday, my wife came in crying. And she said, you won't believe this, Craig, but I'm pregnant. And then I started crying. <laughs> and it kind of got worse from there. But after we got through with the shock, we were, of course, very excited to have our, our, our new son and, and Connor and my my kids were so excited. And Connor was really like our other two kids. Um, by the time he was two and a half, uh, he, would, he would play with other playmates when they had come over. He would give us a hug and kiss and show so much emotion. Uh, he would say, I love you, Mommy and Daddy, and say so many words. But about two and a half years old, within a two-week period, where everything shifted. And where he would play with other playmates when they had come over. Now he would sit by himself and stir off the wall. Where he'd give us a hug and a kiss and show so much emotion. Now he stopped showing any, very little emotion whatsoever and would look away. Where he'd say, I love you, mommy and daddy, and say so many words. Now he stopped speaking altogether. The only way I can really explain it, it was like if your child was in a bad car wreck and... They were hurt, and one day he was one way, and another day he was another way. Of course, we were devastated. We didn't know what it was, and at that time, you know, we didn't fully understand, you know, what, what kind of diagnosis it was, and, and we were just trying to figure it out, and, and pretty soon, um, I'll never forget this, Pastor Warren, I was driving home from work, and my wife called me, and she said, she got the diagnosis from Texas Children's Hospital that my son was on the middle of the spectrum with autism. And right there, I can just feel the enemy coming in. And the enemy started to speak to me. He said, 
your child will never be like your other kids. Your child will be worthless. He will never do anything in life. And I had choice at that moment that I could listen to those words and let those who told you lies come in, or I could believe what God says about my son. And still listening to those lies, I hit the gas in my car, and I, I drove home, and I ran upstairs, and I picked up my little two-and-a-half-year-old boy, and I said, you are not a victim. You are a victor. I said, you could do all things through Christ. You are more than a conqueror. See, I had a choice right there that I could believe the enemy or I could believe what God says. And we're going to have that choice in our lives that we either take in what people say or what the enemy says, or we, we could believe what God says. Well, when Connor stopped talking, he knew that he could speak, but now he couldn't get the words out. So he would point at things, and if we didn't understand, and just the... Just the challenges of autism, right? He, he, he just got worse and worse. And he, he started having these terrible meltdowns, fits, struggles. And, and it all came to a climax, really, when he was five years old. My wife was at the grocery store, and Connor went some candy off the shelves, and he was reaching up to get the candy. And my wife was trying to just say no and put the candy back, and Connor didn't understand and he probably had the, the most terrible meltdown he'd ever had. And people around him, them are looking at my wife like, why aren't you disciplining your child better? And it had nothing to do with that. My wife was just trying to make sure he didn't hurt himself. And so she, she literally had to wrap her arms around him and literally drag him out of the store all the way through the parking lot, all the way to the car. And I was driving to work again, and my wife called me crying, and my son was still struggling in the back seat, and uh, she told me what had happened. She said, Craig, I'm, I'm just not sure if I can do this anymore. And you got to realize, my wife's my hero. She's one of the strongest people I ever meet. But we've all been there when we felt like that, right? I'm just not sure. You know, this is overwhelming. It, it, it's a challenge. It's a struggle. I remember driving that car, and it was probably one of the lowest points of my life, Pastor. I mean, even as I come from a very hope-filled church, <laughs> Lakewood, you know, Pastor Joel, you know, you're, you're going to get hope when you come to our church, just like your church. And I have about 28 ministers in my family, but, but at that time, it was the most vulnerable time in my life. And I remember sitting in the car and I had the most intimate conversation I've ever had with God to this day. It was like God was sitting in the seat next to me. And I remember, I just asked God why. Have you ever asked God why when you're going through a challenge? And I said, said God, why? We're, we're, we're trying everything. And then God spoke to me. It wasn't audible, but it was as close to audible as I've ever had God speak. And he just said, Craig, your child is not a burden. Your child's a gift. I said, God, I know what you mean. We love our son, but we're trying everything, every therapy. We're praying. We're, we're doing everything we can. Nothing seems to work. And God said it again. He said, Craig, your child's not a burden. Your child's a gift. He said, you're looking at everything that's wrong with them. You're not looking at what's right. And I said, God, what do you mean? And he said, Craig, I'm going to use your son to reach millions of people. Now, i got to be honest with you. Even as a man of faith, 
I didn't see it. And I remember literally picking up a ball of water in the car, and I said, God, my son can't even ask for a drink of water. How's he going to reach millions of people? And then God spoke to me four words. And these are the four words God will usually speak to you whenever you're in the desert, whenever you need that cool cup of water, whenever you need that hope, that encouragement. He just said, do you trust me? And I didn't give him the pastoral answer. I didn't have it. I just said, God, you're all we've got. But I trust you. And after I talked to God, I thought things were going to get better. Guess what? They got worse, right? <laughs> Here's the testing time, right? I mean, the meltdowns got worse. The struggles got worse. But, and I remember during that time, if you're going through a difficult time right now, I want to encourage you on this. I didn't have any elaborate prayers to pray during that time. I didn't have it. All I could say many times was, I trust you. I just, I just say it. I trust you. I, I was like David. I was just trying to encourage myself in the Lord. Or I would speak the name of Jesus. How many knows the name of Jesus is powerful? And I'd speak the name of Jesus. I'd just say Jesus. And then about three months later, my wife comes calling from upstairs. She said, Craig, Craig, get up here. I thought something was the matter. I knew she was in Connor's room. I said, what is it? And she's crying. And she said, Craig, I was putting Connor to bed. And I was reading him a book. And all of a sudden, he began to speak. And he began to say one word after another word, one sentence after another sentence, one paragraph after another paragraph. Now, you've got to realize I haven't heard my son put together two words in three years. I said, what, what do you mean he began to speak? He said, Craig, he spoke, and she's crying. And I said, what do he say? And I'll never forget this. She walked over to his bed, and she leaned over his bed, and she said, Connor, say it for Mommy and Daddy. Say it again. And my little five-year-old boy looked up, and all of a sudden he began to speak. And he said, this is my Bible. I am what says I am. I have what says I have. I can do what says I can do. Today I'll be taught the word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same. He didn't stop. I'm about to receive the incorruptible indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same in Jesus' name. That was my son's first words he ever spoke. Come on. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap. You see, Pastor Craig, where did that come from? If you ever watch one of our services, that's the declaration we lead with before every message. Little did we know, Connor was, I would bring the DVDs home of the messages. He was taking them upstairs to his room, and we didn't know it. And he was playing the messages. It didn't matter if the message changed. That spiritual declaration was at the front of every message. And that went down inside of him and became his first words. We knew it was a miracle because I've never heard of an autistic child speaking a spiritual declaration. We knew it was God. So a couple weeks later, Pastor, I went and spoke at Lakewood on Wednesday night, and I showed Connor saying his first words for the first time on video. And I don't know about you, but we're criers at Lakewood, right? And Pastor Joel's on the front, and he's weeping, and he, he walks up to me afterwards. He said, Craig, this miracle's amazing. Can I talk about this miracle? And I said, absolutely, Pastor. And uh, uh, a little bit later, he spoke about this miracle and showed Connor saying his first words. That video went viral around the world, and millions of people saw my son's testimony. 
And they start sending us emails from around the world of how our son and his miracle had touched their life. And then the prophecy was fulfilled that millions of people would begin to hear my son would be able to touch them in some way. And I remember during that time, you know, that, that, that was the miracle. But how many knows the enemy doesn't stop after a miracle, right? You know, he keeps on trying to throw these who told you lies. And I remember we would hear things as Connor was developing. You know, he had the miracle of speaking, but there were so, still so many challenges. And they would say, we, we would go to doctors and they'd say, your son will, will probably never get a job. He probably will only get this far in education. Because he had some real challenges. He, you know, he'll never speak. He'll, he'll, he'll never live outside the home. It was all these things. And, and understand, I respect and honor doctors and, and everything. It's not, I'm not talking about that. But many times, you know, there'll be people that will say things with good intentions. But God has the final say, doesn't he? And God always has the final say. And you've got to believe what God says and, and, and walk in that. And I remember... Remember, you know, many times I, 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 we had a choice either to believe different things that we were told or believe what God was saying. And God is asking you today, even who told you're not good enough, that you're just average, that you can't accomplish your dreams. You got to realize those, those negative thoughts didn't come from our God. Don't let the enemy deceive you. How many knows you are a child of the Most High God? And God, is, God wants you to know that. And see, Sam and I had to do that. We had to do that. When we were told what our son Connor couldn't do or couldn't be, God reminded us who, who he created him to be. And I want you to watch this video right now, and you'll begin to see what God did. You know, when you first get that diagnosis of autism, um, you're not sure what to think. You're not sure what is this going to look like for my child? And, it, and a lot of times it's so overwhelming, you know, just to know that you had a vision for your child and now that vision's probably gonna change. Obviously fear enters in, the unknown enters in, and things like he's never gonna be independent. He'll never possibly speak or communicate. I am as this I am. I have as this I have. I can do this as I can do. You know, he'll never have a job. He'll never be independent. It was just a lot of things that we had to either say, okay, this is the life that we're going to have, or we could choose to, to believe God and to hold on to hope and know that, that there, even though it's different than what we expected, that God can still use that and that um, Connor is still able, you know, and that there's still hope and potential. When the parents first come, I think they've been told many times by lots of different professionals that their child isn't going to be able to do certain things. Uh, and sometimes simple things. They won't be able to dress themselves. They won't be able to take care of their basic needs. Uh, I've had parents tell me that he won't even be able to carry his own lunchbox into the school. Again, we take the approach that why not? We know he can. Everybody can learn something. We just have to teach the way that they learn. I tell the parents to erase all the preconceived notions in their mind and, and, and don't limit these guys. Don't, and I call it the ceiling. Don't create a ceiling that's not there and doesn't need to be there because they never know. You come in contact with the right people, the right heart, right dedication, right plan for your child, anything's possible. 
Connor recently graduated from the, the academic part of, of schooling and he's now in a transitional boarding school where he has roommates, he's living outside of the home, he's, um, he does chores, he works a job outside, he's worked with landscaping, he does um, household chores, makes his, his bed, does his laundry, helps with cooking, helps with cleaning, and then even more recently he's actually got a job outside of the home that yeah. we're really proud about. Connor, you've got a big announcement. Tell us what it is. I got a new job at Waterburger. You did? Wow! And what are you going to use your money to buy? Cheeseburger and french fries. This is huge. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think people know what a big deal it is for them to have a job out in public. And, and we're so thankful for a company like Whataburger because the amazing thing with them is it's one thing to get a job, it's another thing for them to work with them through that job. I feel like that if people with disabilities need a job and is willing to go the extra mile to do what you're asking them to do, it should never be to where they get turned around at the door. Everyone needs a chance. Connor's doing one for Whataburger. He's been here, what, about three months now? And he worked, he comes to work. You know, who switches his hours up, he comes to work ready, happy, ready to go. Well, it seems that no matter where we go to Whataburger's at, we always see that they do hire people with disabilities. And that's encouraging to know that they reach out to the people that need jobs. That's one of the reasons we do come to Whataburger because we see that they uh, encourage that. They're getting so much prep work done now that the night crew doesn't have anything to do. <laughs> and so it, it, it's, it's unbelievable to see him living with some independence in his life. And <laughs> we're so thankful. Yeah. Just, it was, I think, a dream that we didn't even know to dream about. It just kind of, it fell into place, and it's just been such a huge blessing. And he's so proud also to have his little uniform and to, to have a schedule, and he knows what days he works. He knows what hours he works. And so it's, it's an ownership, a, you know, responsibility that he's really enjoying. It's been a good experience. Yeah, it just reminds you, when Pastor Joel talks about these words he speaks over us every week, he's trying to tell you who you are. And what the enemy will try to do is tell you who you're not, what you can't do, what you can't achieve. Every week when you speak these words over you, when you say, I'm a masterpiece, I can do all things through Christ. I'm beautiful, I'm talented and everything. They're not just words. They're things that if you'll let go down inside of you, it'll help you reach your destiny. Come on, let's give the Lord a land cough, amen? Come on. Don't believe the who told you lies. Connor just celebrated a year at his job, and he just got a raise and a promotion, amen? <laughs> he graduated from high school. Connor, now we've launched 115 Champions Clubs in 23 countries. He's the inspiration. He's helping special needs kids, teens and adults and families all over the world. Don't believe the who told you lies. You've got to believe what God says about you, amen? You have to believe what God says you. There are too many people that are more influenced by what people say they are or what people think instead of who God says they are and what God thinks. And if you don't know who you are, someone will tell you who they think you should be, right? And many times we accept 
this. We accept what we think we deserve, but we are children of God. And do you know that the words you speak over yourself hold power? How many knows that? The words you speak over, what you speak over your life has the ability to bring a blessing or a curse. Proverbs 8.21 says it. It says death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat of its fruit. In other words, what you say about yourself and your situation can either bless you or curse you. And so your words can become your reality. Every morning, that's why I make sure when I start off every morning, this is the truth. This is what I do every morning. I say, it's going to be a great day. I'm, pro, I'm proclaiming it. It's going to be a great day. I even feel better when I say it because what happens in the morning? The enemy wants to come in. You, you ever have those thoughts and, oh, this is going to be a tough day. Oh, man, I don't really want to go to work today. Uh, you know, the enemy tries to come in. But when you speak it and you, you, you proclaim it right there, it's going to be a great day. And then I always tell people this. I say, you, your, your devotional life is so important because it gives you perspective for that day. You ask Jesus to come in. Lord, what would you say here? How would you respond here? How would you do this? And when God's able to take over your day and he can help you with different things and you begin to declare things over your life, there's something powerful that begins to happen. See, your devotional life will dictate your emotional life and how you look at things and how you view things. You see, Pastor Craig, do you really speak things over yourself every day? Every morning, I say it. I say, I'm a masterpiece in Jesus Christ. I'm creative. I am loved. I am blessed. I speak these things over me every day. And you know, I've watched God just begin to take those words. You don't have to say it in front of a bunch of people. Just say it when you get up in the morning and say, call out who God says you are. That's what we had to do for Connor. And you know what? If we would have believed everything else that everybody said, can you imagine? I don't believe Connor would have accomplished those things because I believe that God wants us to speak what he says about us. And he says that you're a masterpiece. He says that you are more than capable. He says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. He says that you are more than a conqueror, that you can do all things through Christ. But here's the, here's the thing. God can say that over you and speak it through his word. But if you don't believe it, if you're not receiving every day, then it can't go down inside of you. Well, I believe that for you today. Amen. Bow your heads with me right now and just pray with me. Maybe there's some of you here today and maybe you've had words spoken over you in your life. Maybe you had something spoken over you the other day and you say, Pastor Craig, you know what? I've let it affect me at times. Sometimes I even listen to other people rather than, and, and, and I had this dream or whatever it might be, and you just say, Pastor Craig, I want to change that. I want to begin to believe what God says about me every day. I want to take my devotional life to another level. I, I, I want to speak those words, and, but, but I've been affected at times. Maybe you were affected by what somebody said early in your life as a child. But you, you're wanting to, to push away that generational curse and, 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 and begin to accept what God... And you just say, Pastor Craig, would you pray for me today? And you just lift up your hand. Anybody in this room? Because I want to pray for you. Yes, 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 yes. All over this building. 
all over this building. God wants to shift that. He, he's got, he, he doesn't want your dreams stopped or, or, or he doesn't want you to be complacent or lose your passion. And, and, and those words are so powerful when they're spoken over you, they're negative. But we're going to speak over you right now. I want to pray for you right now. Those of you who have lifted up your hands. Father, I just pray for each and every person that's lifted up their hand today, Father. God, I don't know what the negative words, maybe it was last week or a couple weeks before, but Father, I speak life-giving words over them today. I speak that they are not a victim, they are a victor. I speak that they can do all things through Christ. I speak that they are strong today. That, God, they are more than conquerors. Father, that, that, that God, you want to do great things and you want to bring their dreams to pass. And, Father, I ask that you will build inside them through your word that they'll begin to take in what you say about them. And, Father, let those old words fade away. Let the past experience fail. Let them let that go and let them begin to receive what you say about them today. In Jesus' name. Last thing I want to pray for. Maybe today you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And you'd say, or, or maybe you just need to rededicate your life to Christ. And you say, Pastor Craig, would you pray for me today? I, I, man, if you want to talk about really accepting all that God has for you, this is the way to do it. You say, Pastor Craig, I want to either accept Jesus Christ as my first Savior, I want to rededicate my life. And you lift up your hand today. And you say, that's me, Pastor Craig. Would you pray for me? Yes, yes. Anybody else? Yes, back there. Anybody else? Yes. Thank you so much. Yes. Oh, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you today. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to just pray with me right now. And I want everybody to pray this prayer with me. And we're going to pray a, a, a prayer of salvation or rededication and everything. And so everybody just pray with this prayer with me right now. And I want you to believe with, it, with all your heart. And Jesus wants to come into your life. And he wants to come back if you're rededicating your life. But just say this with me, just, everybody. Dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. Forgive me of all my sins. Give me a new start today. I give my life to you or I rededicate my life to you today. I'm ready for a new start. And I cannot wait to see all that you're going to do in my life from this day forward. I'm going to believe what you say about me. And I'm going to watch you do great things in my life. Thank you, Jesus. For coming into my heart. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap today for all those. Pastor, thank you so much. Thank you so much. God bless you today. Okay. Voor elke persoon die gebed vandaag voor de eerste keer gebed het, of de eerste keer op recht gebed het, of zelfs als je zus pas kijk ons geleid het, en je leven dag het aan die weer toegeweid het. Ons de link op ons webblad dat sê, ek kies Jesus. So ek vraag jou, so gauw as jy kan na die dienst, gaan soek daar link op, Vul hem vir ons in, asjeblief, want ons wil graag vir jou persoonlik bid en jou help met net die volgende geestelike tree in jou leven. Dit geldt natuurlijk vir ons online gehoor ook, die link is beskikbaar, so gauw as jy kan. Selfs al kyk hierdie dienst op een andere geleentheid, vul die link in, ons sal jou graag kontak en ons sal jou graag vir jou persoonlik wil bid en soos ek sê, jy help in die volgende geestelike tree. Daarmee groet ek ons online gehoor, baie dankie, die Heere sien jylle.